Welcome to the third episode of the 751 podcast. If you like this, remember that you can go to 751.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-F-I-F-T-Y-O-N-E.com for more podcasts and other random content. I just wanted to talk briefly about a video that I saw yesterday that I frankly found very upsetting. Earlier this month, Oregon police released a cell phone video that was recorded from inside the truck of the so-called Oregon militiamen. Now, a little background on this. If you'll recall, a group of ranchers took over a National Wildlife Refuge building in Oregon earlier this year. In a nutshell, the backstory is that two ranchers, Dwight and Stephen Hammond, were ordered to prison by a federal appeals court judge. Uh, I won't go into details about why, except to say that they were not accused of any violence, and if you look into the case, you will find that the charges against them were ridiculously and unequivocally unjust. Just look into it for yourself. Uh, basically, they lit a controlled, burned, uh, a controlled burn fire to save their ranch from uh, a nearby raging wildfire, and, which they did. It saved their ranch. Uh, and they mistakenly, in the process, they mistakenly burned some federal land, and the government even admitted that the burning of the federal land didn't decrease the land's value and may have actually increased the land's value. Uh, so, you know, no violence on their part. Um, but this resulted in what was really an outrageous sentence and I would say cruel and unusual punishment. In fact, the original judge in the case would agree with me. He also thought it was cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Nevertheless, an appeals judge, an appeals court judge, ordered them back to prison and... The Hammonds chose not to fight this, so they complied with the government order, and they showed up to go to federal prison in California. However, several other ranchers were outraged, and they they were in the area, and they took over a National Wildlife Refuge building in protest. Now, they didn't break anything. They found an unlocked door, so they didn't even break in. And they didn't hurt anyone, and they said they had no intentions of doing so unless force was used against them. Now, I'm not saying it's legal or even a good idea to do what they did, but I just want to set some context here. This was a relatively peaceful action, especially compared to some other events I'll talk about later. Not only that, but they clearly articulated their grievances, citing what they perceived as violations of the Constitution by the federal government. These are reasonable arguments. You may not agree with them, but nonetheless, they tried to make reasonable arguments about why they were justified in taking over the building. Now, this caused a standoff for, for weeks, and when it was all said and done, one of the ranchers, uh, Robert Lavoie Finnicum, was killed by police as he drove away. Now, the video released before this, the original video, was taken from a helicopter and was so far away, and it showed him like veering off the road to avoid a police barricade. It showed him getting out of the truck and being shot and killed by the police. But was, what was unclear from that video was whether he was reaching for a weapon or not. So it was a little bit ambiguous. Of course, the police said he was reaching for a weapon, and that's why they shot him. Others say that he wasn't, uh, including some witnesses there, although it's not clear that they saw either. And they said that he had turned and lost his balance. Nevertheless, he was shot and killed by police. Now, until this new video surfaced, I'd seen no other video footage at all. But earlier this month, the authorities released footage taken using a cell phone from inside the truck. Uh, there's a link to this on the 751 blog, so you can go check it out and watch it. Uh, it's chilling. Uh, I teared up while watching it, as did a friend of mine watching it with me. 
the video starts before Finnegan is driving. They're actually stopped at a different checkpoint. And he's yelling out of his window to the state police and telling them that he's on his way to meet the sheriff. He repeatedly tells him that he has an appointment with the sheriff and that they can shoot him if they want, but he's going to meet the sheriff. Never does he threaten them at all. Sounds a little bit crazy, but, you know, he doesn't threaten them. He just says he's going to go meet the sheriff and they can shoot him if he wants. Uh, And there are three people in the back seat, including a teenage girl, when they begin to drive. So he finally drives away from this checkpoint. Now, eventually, eventually, Finnecom veers off the road to avoid the police and the car stops. Now, after that, you see him exit the vehicle, but you can't see what he's doing because the video is being taken from in the vehicle and he's now outside of the vehicle. But soon shots are fired and there's screaming and hysteria from the back seat as the three uh, people in the back realize that Finnecom was just killed. Terrified for their lives, they hunker down in the back seat trying to avoid the laser sights from snipers, crying and screaming and praying and desperately just wanting not to be killed by police. One of them gets shot. It's horrific to watch. Eventually, of course, police shoot gas canisters into the vehicle, tell the three to exit the vehicle, which they do. Uh, I really recommend that you watch it because it's quite terrifying. Now, five FBI agents involved in the shooting are now under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice for allegedly lying about the circumstances of the shooting, including the number of shots fired. Presumably, this video from inside the vehicle is part of the evidence here. Obviously, we'd have to wait until all the facts are revealed before making a judgment about whether the shooting was justified and whether or not there was any FBI cover-up. So why am I bringing this up? Well, what disturbs me even more than watching the video is the realization of how differently this incident has been treated by the mainstream media, and therefore by the public generally, compared to other highly publicized police-involved shootings, like the Mike Brown case in Ferguson, for example. In the Oregon Rancher case, you have relatively peaceful people, at least compared to Mike Brown, get shot and one of them killed. And at the very least, there's some uncertainty as to whether the shooting was justified or not. So how do we, the public, react to this at the coaxing of the mainstream media? What do the protesters of police oppression say about this? Do they riot and loot? Does President Obama visit Oregon to console the families? Is there a catchy hashtag? Rancher lives matter? Does anyone even seem to care or know? Nope. Now, contrast this with Mike Brown. If you don't know the actual facts in the Mike Brown case, and why should you, since the media never really discussed many of the facts, you should go read them. The summary is that Mike Brown strong-arm robbed a convenience store, and then, when confronted by a police officer in his patrol car, leaned into the patrol car and started punching the officer in the face and trying to grab his gun. Eventually, Brown fled, but then once the officer exited the vehicle, Brown turned to charge him at which point the officer fired and killed him in self-defense. These facts were all corroborated by the evidence, multiple autopsies, injuries to, the, to Officer Wilson, and everything else. The witnesses who claim Brown had his hands up and was saying, don't shoot, contradicted each other and other witnesses and should basically be charged with perjury at this point. And yet, by the way, they weren't charged with perjury. And yet, what is the reaction of the media and the protesters? Well, hands up, don't shoot is chanted across the country. The Black Lives Matter movement becomes so widespread that it's discussed in the presidential primary debates. Obama consoles Brown's family and orders federal investigations, which, by the way, lead to the conclusion that Wilson fired in self-defense, and so charges uh, were never filed against Wilson. Protesters riot and loot Ferguson, all the while the media, and many of you probably, encouraging them all in the name of standing up to police violence and injustice. With an almost rabid sort of angry moral righteousness which persists to this day, 
despite the facts of the case. Anyone who questions the innocence of Mike Brown, manipulatively dubbed the gentle giant by the media, is shouted down as a racist and a hate monger. So, you're angry about police violence, huh? Angry at the idea that an officer would shoot and kill a thug who reaches into his car and beats him, tries to get his gun, and then charges him? Okay, then. I ask you. Where are your tears for Robert Finnegan? Where are the tears for his family? Where are the protests and cries of injustice? Where's his hashtag? And where are the questions in presidential debates about unjust government sentences for the Hammonds or sympathy for the ranchers? Or even a discussion of the validity of the rancher's case? Where's the vilification of the agent who killed Robert Finnegan? Do you even ask to know his name? Do you care? Because if you don't, but you jumped on the bandwagon to vilify Officer Wilson in the Ferguson case, sharing memes and chanting hands up, don't shoot, you're a fucking hypocrite, plain and simple. I wish it weren't so, and I'm sorry that I'm the one that has to point this out to you, but you really should spend some time examining your own motives and beliefs, and your conscience. If you take the time to do that, you might start to ask the obvious here, which is, what's the difference between these two cases? Why do we work ourselves into a frenzy in one, but largely ignore the other? A lot of people would say that race is the difference here, and I think that's at least partially true. If it is true, it turns mere hypocrisy into racism, which perhaps, if you protested Ferguson but not Oregon, you should also ponder. The Mike Brown shooting fits the leftist narrative that the system is racist and inherently rigged against people of color, staffed with angry white racists with itchy trigger fingers just looking to gun down some poor kid with a bright future. There's no way to win, bro. The system is keeping you down. But what's the solution that's proposed? Is it to end the war on drugs, which has justified a Gestapo-like arming of our police and wreaked havoc on our inner cities? No, of course not. Is it an abolition of fiat currency? to free future generations from the oppressive debt burden felt most severely by those among us with the least? Is it an end to expensive and useless wars and the vicious lie of the poverty trap called the welfare state? Hell no. It's more government intervention, more control, more laws, rules, redistribution of wealth and intrusion, more surveillance, more police, more. Do you see the irony here? The Oregon rancher shooting, on the other hand, whether you agree with them or not, doesn't fit that sacred leftist narrative. So you can't side with them. Siding with the ranchers would mean less government, fewer rules, regulations, and control, less intrusion, fewer police. But of course, we can't have that. That's not the agenda. And so Robert Finnegan is easily forgotten. And the ranchers are written off as crazies. And we bide our time until the next story that fits the leftist narrative. So we can yell and scream and protest that the police, the police are brutes, and that the only solution is a government with more of them.